Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and for not to disclose, back to the Undressing Underground Podcast. I don't really have a lot to say. I just woke up on my couch after falling asleep for like two or three hours. So... I just need to finish this so I can put it online and go back to sleep. Which I don't enjoy because I hate dreams, but... Whatever. This week, I talked to the same person Kins Unicorns talked to last week, Jennifer C. Martin. We discussed something. All right. Ostensibly, we talked to discuss the mommy boards she used to frequent and all the psychotic people that frequent those. And uh, we did. But then we also discussed more about her religion and her writing and stuff. So... Why don't we just get into that? Though I guess I should also mention that we had a lot of technical difficulties. Her call kept dropping and then finally for the last like 15 or 20 minutes we had to switch from FaceTime to the regular phone so the quality won't be as good for the last however many minutes before that should be fine. In the end, is still listenable. It's just like listening to a phone call. But there'll be a song leading into that so you know what to expect. Enjoy. Hey. Okay, we can hear each other. <laughs> Finally. Yeah, I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> it must be me. I don't know why, but it worked last time, so... Yeah, it's so weird, though, that you... I could hear you on Skype, but then you could hear me on Google Hangouts. Like, I don't know why it would change like that. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck technology. Yeah. Uh, so, what's up? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I didn't know it was video. I would have like put on makeup or something. I mean, I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, so did you listen to the episode from the other day or yesterday? Mine, uh, my husband listened to it um, about halfway, but then I was like, oh, my God, I can't stand my voice. And I made him leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, oh, so he was listening to it like on speakers, like out loud. <laughs> 
Yeah, he was uh, in the bedroom listening to it, and I was listening to it along. You know, he was like, oh, this is cool, but then I just, I couldn't handle it, so he left. And then afterward, my mom messaged me. She's like, we're going to have to talk about your theology. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what about your theology? Just, she was like, we're going to have to talk about it in person. She won't tell you what it's about? I'm sure, I'm sure it has to do with belief in the afterlife, whatever, whatever. (laughs) um i'm what i'm i'm curious though like what do you think it's what do you think she has to say about just that because you you're unsure of it yeah she probably just disagrees with me and and wants to find out my reasoning my family has always been very into um theological philosophical arguments so i'm sure they just want to disagree with me okay so she doesn't want to like set you straight she just wants to like debate my family loves to debate okay (laughs) um and the only thing otherwise that seems to have come out of that is the gif versus gif thing i'm sorry (laughs) i don't care (laughs) i'm good (laughs) so how do you feel about it now are you gonna change it how can you change a lifetime of habit (laughs) i remember i've always pronounced it gif i didn't even know it was a debate i mean i guess graphic is gif i oh it just sounds weird coming out of my mouth i mean what do you mean a lifetime because how long have you known about i'm gonna call them gifs well, i mean a lot li- real an internet lifetime live journal always had gifs back <laughs> when they were like before they were really big on the internet you right. know they always like little icon gifs and then they got saw a resurgent here in the 2010 so glad they're back yeah um, so you want to talk about, what was it, like, dead babies or something? <laughs> My favorite subject, <laughs> yeah. other than religion. No, okay, so I, in addition to being a writer for, like, Gawker, Uproxx, all those other places, I, I used to, when I got pregnant in 2010, I was, like, 21, and so I didn't know <laughs> anyone, I know, I didn't know anyone in real life who was pregnant, and I had no palm friends. So I joined this website called The Bump, and there's all these, and they also have, like, The Knot if you're getting married, and they have The Nest if you're married, and they have... What's all one website with different forums oh, on it? Oh, my God, yeah, you should look them up. They're pretty intense. <laughs> and, and The Bump was for pregnant people and people with kids, and... um. So I just, you know, just trying to connect with other moms online, people who were like we were about the same, like um, had kids about the same age, same trimester and everything. And it was crazy. I mean, <laughs> a lot. I mean, you think, oh, well, what are they going to talk about? They're just going to talk about being pregnant and what food. But there's a, there was so much drama from mom boards, like more than news stories. It's why Gawker comments don't bother me. More <laughs> I mean, people were extremely harsh to each other. They would say, they would say things like, "Oh, well, if you're going to feed your baby this, then you don't really love your child." <laughs> well, you like know, what? Would, like, what's an example of that? Um, like if you feed them before six months, or if you feed them purees. Like some people would say, "No, don't feed them. You have to make your home purees homemade." You have to. <laughs> Like, it was so many mommy wars, like breastfeeding versus formula feeding, cloth diapers, 
I was so much bullshit that I, I couldn't believe how seriously people took it. So, but I mean, I think that's pretty run of the mill mommy board stuff. But the things that I saw when I was there had to do with like people. It was a phenomenon as in it happened more than once. Okay. People would literally fake pregnancies and miscarriages and baby deaths on the entire site. They would fake entire lives. They would have these dramas and like women would like raise money for them or stuff like that. Wait, was that why they were doing it? I don't know. Some of them didn't raise money. Some of them just liked the attention. You know, they say like Munchausen by internet, Munchausen by proxy. (laughs) And, and, um, I know, and it was so common. I don't want to say it like happened every day, but it was, it happened enough that it was just like a weird phenomenon that they would start to have a trend. Like whenever, like a lot of people would, whenever they would fake their pregnancy, it would always be with twins. I guess they were fascinated. (laughs) And so then they would have it where one baby died and then the next baby died. Like they would have them premature. They were, they were obsessed with like, Oh, we we had our twins premature. We dealt with infertility. We finally got pregnant. Now they're going to die. That would be their made up story. Well, there was women who've really gone through things like that. So it's painful for them, but then it's just crazy. Like, why would you do that? And then you'd have those online sleuths who find out, like, this isn't a person. And then you'd have, like, a mom come onto the board and be like, why do you have a picture of my baby in your signature? <laughs> but are you sure, like, the mom was a real person? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they have, like, a Facebook, usually they would come down and throw down proof. Like, oh, this okay. is not- my baby is not like, here's a picture of me with my baby. Here's, I don't know how you got this picture. You know, remember the Monte Tio thing? It was like that. Like, you know, that girl had her picture stolen. Right. Used for that guy's uh, fake girlfriend. So oh, it's right. pretty easy. I know, you know, that I share <laughs> pictures of my kids online, but there's a risk to doing it because you never know when people are going to just steal your kids' pictures and use them as their own and, it's just super weird. And I mean, is that the people, only downside though? Just that it's weird? I mean, is it illegal? No. I mean, if it's illegal <laughs> if you accept No, it is illegal if you accept donations. Well, That's yeah. fraud. Um But other than that, it's just I just couldn't believe how many people did that for attention and it seemed to be some psychological issue where I don't know, maybe you wanted to have a baby, but you couldn't. And you, so you enjoyed the attention of having all the different uh, people feeling sympathetic for you, for having a miscarriage, for going through infertility, for having a premature baby. It's just uh, they would come up with so many made up. They even had a word for it. It's called mud made up <laughs> drama. That's, that's how uh, it was commonplace. And I'm like, Eventually, I moved off those boards because this is too much for me. Like, it was too personal and too weird. And so, so I joined a relatively safe group of women and moms online, like, where I knew them. I had talked to them for years. But even then, some creepy things happened. Like, we had a girl who faked having an aff- her husband having an affair. She was like, my husband went to Rio with his coworker. I think they're having an affair. And she talked about her daughter. And it turns out her daughter didn't even have the same name. She had been lying about all these details. And like, we had been talking about sending her money and stuff. And it was just really weird. And really recently, a woman who I've even met um, online 
had her had one of the women in the group face like she had been complaining about her husband, not even like a little bit. And somebody screenshot her complaints and sent them to her husband's email. Well, how did they find her husband? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, (laughs) they just did. I mean, some y'all, the FBI should be like recruiting people for mom boards because they are (laughs) the best online sleuths in the world i wonder why though like why they're so obsessed with calling these people out i just assume that they are bored and have no lives but that's everybody (laughs) on the internet who (laughs) who has no everybody on the internet is bored and has no life so i don't know maybe it's it's weird because because you because i really like the group of moms that i know now they're just like really good online friends to me so it's just so bizarre that it came from that. And there's just so many crazy people on the internet. There, oh, God. And another story is somebody on the bump once. Someone just post. It was like somebody made an anonymous account. And they just posted a picture of one of another poster's front door. That's it. They just posted a <laughs> front door. Like, is that not the creepiest thing you've ever heard? It's yeah. like, well. You know, I know where you live, and I know how to get there, and I took this picture, and I'm leaving it here. What? <laughs> like, why is anybody on this board? <laughs> I don't understand I, why people just go there. <laughs> I must start because I feel like people get into the situations where, like me, you're just like, oh, well, you know, I'm a new mom. I want to make mom friends. I want to talk about baby and baby stuff. And then... You and then so then you like gradually you're like this is scary shit like I'm gonna leave <laughs> yeah. but there's still always gonna be new women getting pregnant and trying to find places to congregate I guess. But how long were you on this forum before you gave up on it? <laughs> I was on it for about two years. I feel two years. like <laughs> I, all of my first pregnancy, all of my. Like about the first year of my baby's life, where I feel like I did, I was a new mom, and I never ha- knew anything that was going on as a mom. And then I did try to get back on when I got pregnant in 2013 with my second kid, but it was it was too much. I I couldn't do it. I, I had to leave after that. Why'd you go back? You know, um, just different interests. Like, there's such a specific topics, like. For instance, I wanted to have a birth with no meds, and I did, and it was it was awful. Why would anyone do that? <laughs> I was gonna ask, and, <laughs> but but you know, it's 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 easier to connect with people who I guess have similar baby interests as you, similar pregnancy interests as you. But it was still too much. Like, but why didn't you just go somewhere else? They're all like that. They have really, it's not, yeah. The, uh, there's also. Um, what to expect when you're expecting boards. There's baby center. There's some awful mom boards. I can't remember the name of it. The worst one, something about urban mommy, something like that. And it's where all these rich moms, super rich moms have their own form and they will sit there and trash you. Like, well, you have this brand of stroller. Only four people have that brand of stroller. I can't believe you would have that. Yeah. I think Gawker's actually written about them a number of times, like posted their yeah. conversations. That makes the bump look tame. Really? Yeah. They're crazy. They're just vicious. I don't know, but they're real. 
uh, the psychology that makes women or not women, just all <laughs> people in general, so vindictive and cruel. Did your dad, I mean, did your husband ever go on daddy forums? Never. Oh my God. Never. <laughs> he would, I asked him, I was like, do you have daddy forums? He's like, no, I'll just figure it out. And <laughs> why didn't you think maybe you just could figure it out though? <laughs> no, I was the biggest planner when I was pregnant and like a first time mom. I was like always looking up like baby food recipes. I'm like, oh, well, like, uh, he, like my baby's poop was this color. Is that normal? <laughs> It's, you, being pregnant and being a mom turns you into a crazy person. I was Googling everything that happened. Why well, Meanwhile, your husband's just like, it's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, what? Is it normal? Is this kind of sensation normal? When will my water break? Blah, blah, blah. I mean, it, it was just constant worrying, worrying, worrying. I had pretty bad anxiety, and the internet only exacerbated it. I can so. imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um. So were you ever involved in like these witch hunts uh, about these people? I'm not that good at internet. <laughs> I mean, I was, I won't be like, I was an angel and I was completely out of the drama. Cause I certainly like, like there was one girl who actually was, um, was, was she on Ellen or something? But she was such a bitch on the forums. And then her <laughs> little girl had, a bone, a blood marrow or bone marrow disease. And she just exploited the hell out of it. Like, and anyway, she was just so mean to people on the forums and just always flaunting her wealth and everything. <laughs> and she lied about a lot of stuff. And then it was just like, you wake up and these people you interacted with are just, uh, on Ellen or on Perez Hilton.com or something. Perez Hilton. What was she doing on Perez Hilton? <laughs> I think she, I think they talked about her appearance in like you know the sob stories you read about sick kids or whatever. And her kid was sick, so it's not like <laughs> it's not like it was a uh, like completely fake or anything. But luckily, I think her kids are okay now. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, no, no, no. Her kids are <laughs> are healthy now. I think so. That'd be really sad. That story just ended, and then a kid died. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, she was a bit. Sick, yeah. So. You have to no, fuck her, I, I so she deserved it. Told that story. Her kid had had a uh, had complications and not made it. Oh. Um. So, like, how involved were you with the drama, though? I'm curious because you seem sure to get got, riled up by it still. I'm sure I got uh, too involved in it at the time, but really, in months, I haven't gotten. What do you mean overly, in months? I mean, like. I mean, in I I I haven't been on the board since at all since 2012 2013, and then I still talk to a lot of my mom friends from when I was there in 2010, and I've met lots of them in person. They're for them. They're really nice. They helped come together. You know, my husband and I were recently laid off within 48 hours, to, to, and they helped like raise a lot of money for me. Oh, that's awesome. And been, yeah, I know. So they were really supportive of me. They're like my real friends, basically. So. Not going to give it up, but but normally if, you know, it's just these people that you're friends with on Facebook and that you meet in person, there's not as much drama. So those are just like memories passed from the, like the past five years. Yeah, but when it was happening, what, what were you doing? 
what was I doing? I mean, I'm sure I was just commenting and responding and giving my opinion and talking about it, but I didn't ever like go, go to anybody's house and <laughs> I didn't Google it or anything like that. Didn't try to like find somebody's place of employment and message them or anything like that. Never, never that crazy. So you didn't like gamergate them, but like, were you like yelling at them on the forum? Like, how dare you? Or why are you lying about this? <laughs> I deleted all of my bump. Uh, I deleted all of my bump comments because, um, in my bump username, about two years ago. So I just deleted them all. I don't know if I have any history of it, but it was just it was just too much drama. I guess you just pregnancy hormones and like I had real life anxiety and I just probably probably uh probably just like not as chill as I am now. <laughs> so you actually went back and deleted all your posts. Uh, no, they, if you tell the moderators, like, look, can you delete my history? They will. Oh, that's cruel. So you don't have to yeah. like, go back to each individual no, post and delete it. No, if it had been that, I just would have let it go. Like, yeah. I'm not that. I was, a, I used to be a Republican, so I've said much worse things <laughs> on that that would, could be held against me one day than, um, like arguing with people on mommy forums. Wait, so what were you doing as a Republican? Were you posting on like Republic young Republican forums or something too? Oh, it's worse. If I tell you this, then the Gawker people will look it up. But no, I used to be um, a conservative columnist in Cleveland, Tennessee for hmm. small paper, like since I was 11 years old. So I actually have what? lots of white. I know <laughs> I was. And, and so I was a big, I would write these really conservative uh, columns. It was only a once a month paper. But I have tons of writing experience, but I never put that on my resume because I don't want them. I don't want like any of the online media people to look it up. Why? <laughs> Why were they having an eleven-year-old write columns? <laughs> they thought it'd be a hot. They thought it'd be a hot take. Like here's a kid's, here's a kid's opinion on issues. You know, it wasn't always politics. It was just like random things, anything that they. Uh, anything and it was just a cool opportunity um it was a small town small paper so oh, okay you know <laughs> but but there i definitely did talk about politics then and i would be horrified if those articles were found but i'm sure some online sleuths will be able to find it it's not that fine <laughs> <laughs> when did you start leaning progressive i was pretty conservative in high school i've always been kind of like moderate to liberal on social issues like i was a member of gay straight alliance in high school but i would still say that i was pretty conservative literally on everything else and then i started in college i got really this is embarrassing i got really into ron paul and libertarianism <laughs> but then i went but it was also kind of a struggle because i would take these christian ethics classes and it was about helping the poor and you know as a Republican Christian, you're always taught, well, it's not the government's job to help the poor. It's it's <laughs> our job. But but then, you know, I'm actually meeting and talking to poor people. And I'm at this point, you know, I'm kind of poor myself. Like I have like I during the time I get married and I have kids and it's like I can't afford any of this. I'm never I can't. And, you know, I'm a white person who grew up in a conservative family. I was middle class. At some points, I would even say I was like upper middle class and I had a lot of privileges that other people don't get. And I kept thinking, what if I didn't even have those? How would I ever get out of like this whole having to use welfare and stuff like that? And then I realized I could not justify 
my fiscal conservative beliefs anymore. And then just slowly, the honestly, the more religious I got, the more progressive I got. And that maybe it doesn't make sense to some people, but to me, that's just how it happened. So was there like an, so like the moment that you really started to turn was when you started having to get welfare and stuff? Um, you know what? I would say so. It just, I, I think everyone should do like the, what is it? The welfare where they try to live a week on food stamps. Yeah. It's just so crazy. And how can I say like the benefits that I took advantage of food stamps and WIC that other people shouldn't take advantage of, like that you were constantly holding them up to scrutiny. And I think how much help I had, like I had a lot of support from family and friends through the time. And I just, like, and I, and I was married. I just couldn't imagine, like, what if I didn't have a supportive husband? What if I didn't have supportive parents? What if I was a person of color? What if I was, you know, gay or trans and experiencing discrimination in addition to all the other financial factors in my life? What if I didn't have a college degree, you know? And I could not imagine what it would have been like for other people going through such times of fiscal desperation and not having any opportunity to get out of it and then just being harassed for using welfare at the same time. And I just felt like maybe when we have so much wealth and money in this country, that maybe that's kind of a travesty and how like the income inequality is so devastating. So I just, really really became like ridiculously fiscally liberal it was just it's a pretty weird transition to go from like republican to libertarian to like i pre i feel like i pretty much skipped moderate democrat and <laughs> like socialist i so. mean i went from democrat to libertarian to progressive as well i mean <laughs> so i cannot so some understand but did you were you like harassed at all for being on welfare from like your social circle or anything? Was like there any like was were you in a somewhat uh, conservative social circle as well at the time? Yes, yes. And I, I in some ways I still am. My family is still even if they hold more progressive views on like gay marriage, um, they tend to be really fiscally conservative. So um I didn't really tell a lot of people I was on welfare. And so I'd get two main reactions. One, they would say, oh, well, welfare exists for people like you. It's the, all the dependent people. And I'm like, well, I feel like there's not that many welfare dependent people. Like everyone, I also volunteered at a food bank. Everyone I met, you know, there weren't a lot of people that seemed like they were milking the system. There seemed like there was a lot of desperate people who would love to not be having to go to food banks, who would love not to be on food stamps. And they just don't have the opportunities to do it. So you meet and talk to people and you realize like, I don't anecdotally. And I think statistically most people in welfare aren't on it for a long time and they don't want to be on it. And then, you know, Hamilton Nolan writes life on the dole series. And that's pretty telling, I think. And also similar to my experience on welfare. I mean, it's not even, is it even that easy to get on welfare? Cause I know like, no, it's yeah. a, it's a nightmare. And you know, I re we recently lost both of our jobs. So I've been trying to get on Medicaid again, and it's been just a nightmare. And, and, um, it's like, 
well, I can get on Medicaid. I can, or I can pay 1600 a month to extend cover care. Hmm. So, um, but, and then I did get un, like once I did get unfriended by a relative, they posted one of those things like adults should pay their own bills and food and not rely on welfare. And I was like, you know, I was on welfare and I think this is pretty terrible for you to say. And that relative unfriended me. Really? Yeah. Do they, do you ever see them still? No, they, um, they see my grandfather. They're friends with my other family members. They invited like my first cousin to go see them in Florida, but not me. It's just, uh, weird and strange. Yeah, that's so as your social circle changed, I guess, like have you shed a lot of people because of that. Um, I have some friends that don't talk to me as often. Um, they don't broach po like friends that I used to discuss politics with a lot. Don't broach the subject with me anymore. Um, but it doesn't but... sound like your views overall have changed that much. Just like the welfare stuff, really. I, yeah, but I'm so, and I'm, well, also, like, theologically, I'm so much more outspoken than I used to be, like, writing articles about it and everything. It's just, um, a lot of people I feel like maybe just didn't know. I mean, my husband, apparently, what I'm progressive enough that my husband and I kind of got nixed from our church for it. So, right. You talked about that in the last one, right? Yeah. Yeah, that sucked. But, <laughs> but now we're going to another church. So, hopefully, it works out. Yeah, how's that going? Are you like, are you actually getting involved in that church's activities now? Yeah, I'm trying to. My husband uh, had surgery about a week and a half ago, so um, we've been not not as active, but but yeah, we're going to Sunday. So you know, I'm just trying to make a new social circle, and it's easier online than it is in person which brings back around to the mom boards thing like it's so hard it's so easy in this day and age to find people you connect with online but it's harder to do it in person i mean have you tried like any localized online things like meetup.com or couch surfer or whatever no i, I no 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 i'm always afraid of those things i don't know <laughs> i'm i guess i just think oh they won't want to you know, like, I feel like, you know, maybe they don't want to hang out with moms or maybe they don't want to hang out with, I don't know. Maybe I'm shy, but I'm not shy. I'm extroverted. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know why I've suddenly lost my train of thought recently. but um, uh, So how much has your theology actually changed? Because... Yeah. Pretty drastically. I mean, if you grow up in a conservative church, you believe in literalism of the Bible. You believe in creation. You believe, um, I mean, at one point, like, I feel like I was in support of gay marriage, but I still believed it's a sin. And I no longer believe that. Um, I believed, um, I believed maybe in that people who didn't believe in Jesus Christ as their savior were going to hell. And I don't believe that anymore either. So it's pretty big. It's a big, pretty big change theologically. But with like a literal interpretation, how did you deal with the contradictions in there? Like just even easy ones. Like in the first page, it says 
uh, God created man and woman, and the next page it says he created woman out of Adam's rib and stuff, or like the earth being round and everything. Like, did you, did you struggle with any of that? Oh, they, they see they. That's what they do. They explain it away. They say, well, God meant this. God meant this. God meant this, and they explained it away. But to me, it always seemed like, well, maybe if you approach the text. That's why the postmodern made sense. Like, if you think, well, actually, this was written in more of a metaphorical sense. This was written to address and explain this issue to the Jewish people. This was written. Um, um, there's a word called mid- mid- midrash. It's a Hebrew word. It's uh, the idea of like using an old story to tell a current story to add new morals. It's kind of co- it's, it's kind of hard. This is really theological. That's fine. Um, and and it's just like I feel like a lot of people read the Bible and they're like, well, this is what it says in English and it applies to us today. But really, when you think about, you know, like the reason, for instance, that Jews couldn't eat certain animals was because, well, those animals were really dirty in those times and they didn't have any cleaning procedures um, to clean them. Well, we do today. So the needs for those laws aren't really beneficial anymore. So just like little things like that. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, that's interesting. And so you mentioned like a Jewish term for interpreting the Bible. Like, do you ever, do you read like contextual history about the times of Jesus and everything? Do you read like other things from like rabbis and stuff around that time and everything? Yeah. I mean, I try to, I haven't a long time. I mean, now I'm like a mom if I get to read anything. (laughs) Great. So, um, but yeah, I did a lot. My husband especially reads, he's a more of a theology guy than I am. And he reads stuff like that a lot. And it's just important to know, like the history and the significance of the time period in which Bible stories took place. Yeah. So like, like I know after Jesus and like, I guess as Christianity started uh, developing, there was like a lot of rabbis that would write sort of things that would try and um, discredit Jesus in different ways. Like I like, do you ever take any credence in like, the idea that uh, Jesus, that Mary was like raped by a Roman soldier and then lied about it, and that's how he was born and stuff. Oh no! You know, I never even heard that, and I feel like I've read all the conspiracy theories. <laughs> I think that's a really old one. I took a secular, couple of secular Judaism classes, and my teacher just one day offhandedly mentioned that and another old rabbinical story about like Jesus and um, what's his name? Is it Judas that sold him out? Um, yes okay and uh it's about like them getting into like some flying wizard battle (laughs) (laughs) i I don't know anything else about it i looked it up once but i I don't remember what i read that sounds intense yeah (laughs) lots of i mean obviously lots of people don't believe that mary was really a virgin or anything or but Mm. i think i i don't know what i believe in regard to that i've i've listened to reverend jack um, Spong, who has preached a lot about the Gospel of Matthew and how it relates to like a retelling of a Jewish story, but 
but also, you know, I've grown up in such a conservative Christian culture that I, I mean, there's something really nice about the idea of just like, um, side of a divine birth. So I don't know if I want to dismiss it completely. Yeah. Actually, I was just listening to a song the other day by Lou Barlow and it's a love song to Mary from the perspective of a neighbor that she slept with and then had Jesus and then lied about it to save both of their lives. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm curious if you were actually, you you were talking a little bit about religious movies with, uh, um, Kinsey Unicorns. I don't, yes. I, I don't actually know her real name. I don't either. <laughs> I thought maybe, I was like, I bet Rob knows her real name. No, like, she's told me it by accident. <laughs> she doesn't want me to know for some reason, but I totally forgot what it was because it wasn't like something I could wrap my mind around. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm curious, have you seen Scorsese's film with Willem Dafoe? Um, no, I haven't. That would have been like, I remember when it came out and just how angry the conservative Christian community was that Jesus would have sex and and uh I don't know like I've never seen it I've never it's nothing it's not that I wouldn't see it it's just that I never have so it's really I mean beyond the sex thing the most I mean the point of it the most interesting thing about it is that he has doubts about his crucifixion like and he, he there's like this whole fantasy of if he were to not go through with it and to just live his life with Mary Magdalene. Okay. Okay. I'm walking into the other room. The Wi-Fi might not be as good. My kids just got back from oh, okay. their outing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if Jesus weren't real or he wasn't, the actual product of a virgin birth, would that affect your religion at all? Um, yeah, probably. Really? <laughs> like you, you would doubt your own Christianity if Jesus okay. wasn't real. Well, I mean, isn't it the purpose of Christianity? I guess you could still follow the followings of Christ, like the way that Buddhists do, you know, cause yeah. I mean, Buddhists did, but but to me, the resurrection and the divin- divinity of Christ has been a big part of my religion. Personally, I'm not saying maybe it's that way for everybody, but for me, it um, is a cornerstone. Well, I mean, would you become Jewish at least, like, or would you just give up on God completely? Oh, no, I would probably, I would probably become Jewish. I think I'm still pretty set on the idea of a uh, of a monotheism. So. Hmm. Uh, but again, like I like I told kittens and unicorns, like you know, you don't wake up every day certain of what you believe. There's everybody goes through doubts. I hope so anyway. <laughs> Everyone questions the things that they are taught and the things that they believe. And I like to think of myself as pretty open to to science and to philosophy and to other ways of thinking about things. So. So do you think? Do you believe in evolution then? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. De- <laughs> so i mean i guess we already covered that you don't believe in a liberal, literal translation of the bible or literal um, whatever <laughs> um i mean reading. i don't meant to i really really don't think that's how the bible's meant to be used when they created all the books together i really just believe that they're all supposed to be inspiration and not this list of laws that we get in trouble for 
So you don't think Moses was like 300 years old or that the world was uh, covered in water at one point or anything? I, oh, no, there's a, you know, there's actually scientific evidence and like that at least there is a huge flood. Like other cultures have written about it. Well, yeah, there's been. Yeah, I mean, I don't doubt there's been huge floods. And like when you're in one area. Right, that's what you have to think about when you write. When you anyway. I don't know why conservative Christians get so caught up on like these little things like, no, it was the whole world. Like, (laughs) no, I mean, I mean, I'm sure even if they're telling a story, it's supposed to be significant of an impact. And, you know, is God's power any less because the writers were interpreting it through their eyes? Yeah, I mean, and for all we know, civilization could have only been focused in that one area and everybody might have died, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So I'm actually curious about your writing now, too. Like you wrote a tweet about your Tom Brady article that basically sounded like you wrote it for the money and you didn't care about what you're writing. No, it was. Well, what happened is that they needed an article written about Tom Brady pretty quickly. And I volunteered to do it. I like it's not that I I don't care about it. It's that I know nothing about sword. Yeah. Um, And I mean, I'm not anti-sport. I would love to know more about it. I just... It's Why? such an in depth. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like I just feel like having knowledge about all subjects is good for a writer. But um it's too there's too many other good sports writers out there right. that know it thoroughly. Like why would you ask a, a rookie to do it? And but anyway, so I agreed to do it and I wrote it all and I knew nothing about Tom Brady. I think I'd seen the family guy thing, but I hadn't <laughs> seen any of the other stuff. Did you just go on his and IMDb I, page? No, I I, go- I mean, I Googled, like, Tom Brady video, Tom Brady, and he and my editor sent me one clip of things to find, and then I saw that Tom Brady had been in the TED 2 commercial. I just tried to find lots of interesting things, and it's it's a good way to learn about a subject is writing about it. True. So <laughs> um, so how did you end up writing for Up Rocks? I had been applying to thousands of places through Flex Jobs. Right now, I write for four people, which is... Gawker is interesting because they only give me about one article a month. It's my favorite article to write. Whatever I write for Gawker, they give me so much freedom to write what I want and to write what I actually care about that it's worth it. So then I write for Topics and Up Rocks and BookBub and, and I do listicles for them. Like, you know, like 10, 10 th- facts about celebrity, blah, blah, blah. You dropped out a few times, but I think we got most of that at least. <laughs> okay, listicles. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to be. I'm just trying to start my career as a full time writer, and you have to start somewhere. Like I didn't have a lot of writing experience right out of college. I didn't. I don't. I've never worked the newspaper. Uh, I mean, I was a. I did it at college. I was an editor in my college paper, but I've never worked at like a daily. And so I have to get this experience somehow. So I'm just been applying for everywhere and I will write anything for anyone. <laughs> you keep dropping out a little bit. Oh no. Yeah. I mean, it's small. I mean, I guess we could just switch to regular telephone. <laughs> um, if it gets too bad at least. Okay. Um, but so have you thought, have you, have you tried Doing the thing you were talking to uh, Kenzie Unicorns about, about like trying to get like an internet sub uh, blog on a 
I mean, a religion sublog on Gawker at all? Still? Oh, well, no. Now I'm not doing. Now I'm not trying to do that at all because really? of everything that's going on at Gawker. I don't want to annoy my editors, and I don't know who the new editor in chief is going to be. And it's uh, John and Cook right want- now. Yeah, I he I don't even have a relationship with him. I mean, I guess I could introduce myself, but I mean, you might as well really, write for them still. You're right. You're right. I should. I should. I just I'm so nervous because I feel like I'm such an awkward person, and I feel like I really annoy all the writers and editors <laughs> at Gawker. I don't know why. I don't know. But have you tried like BuzzFeed because they'd probably be open to that actually. I actually applied for. Emerging Writers BuzzFeed Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'll get it. I'm sure thousands of people would apply for it, but 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 that was before I had anything published to Gawker. So who knows? Um, I don't know if you'll be comfortable talking about this, but I was looking through your contently page, Go ahead. which uh, yeah. I will link to. I forgot to last time, but it's really cool. I, I've never heard of this website before, but it does a really great job of laying out all your pieces for different publications. I know. I know. It was, it was very easy to what's your portfolio? And I'm like, Oh my God, I don't have one. <laughs> so now I do. Yeah. Um, you cut out there for a second, but I think okay. I've got enough of it again. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's okay. Um, hopefully do you want, I mean, if we do cover this, this seems pretty deep. Do you want to switch to this regular phone? Sure. Sure. Uh, let me go get my phone charger. Okay. All right. All right. Talk in a second. <laughs> Okay. Is this okay? Yeah, I mean the sound quality is not gonna be as good, but at least we'll it won't drop out hopefully. Yeah, I'm so sorry about all the technical difficulties. It's... It wasn't like this at all for kids and unicorns. Yeah, I don't know why we keep having technical difficulties though recently because when she talked to uh, AJ, it was like endless. <laughs> like she she lost a connection with him like at least four or five times. Okay. Oh well, like I'm pretty go with the flow kind of person. Okay. <laughs> Um, all right, so I noticed on your contently page that you had a piece on Exo Jane about being a Christian and a and cutting and doing self harm. Yes. Was Yes, that was one of the first pieces I've ever had published anywhere. Was that um I didn't actually read it, I'm sorry, because I just noticed it but right before we no, talked. No, that's fine. 
But was that personal experience? Yes. Yeah, I have... Um, about middle school, high school, I started cutting myself um, semi-regularly. I have long been diagnosed with depression, clinical depression. Um, and... Yeah, and it was just about how strange it was. Like, I feel like I'd never talked to anybody about mental illness or much less self-harm at the church at all. They just sort of really didn't talk about any sort of mental conditions ever. And I just talked about my experience with it and how it feels like you're like a failure. You're not honoring your body as a temple and you're not honoring your body. Um, and people sort of like, especially with depression, they sort of tell you, like, oh, well, you need to joy the Lord, pray away the depression, and nobody ever really talks about, like, go to counseling, they have medication, they can help. I mean, my parents were always really open to that stuff, so, but the church was not, definitely, and it was pretty, um, pretty hard to go through that as a teenager and then even as a young adult like I still had had problems with it even like married because it's like you can't control depression like everything in your life may be going okay but sometimes you still can't control it and actually recently I got two tattoos sort of on the same subject I got yeah. um the semicolon tattoo on my left hand and I and that's actually the Arm. I have most of my self-harm scars on. I'm right-handed, so it makes sense. And then on my right hand, I got a Jesus fish tattoo, <laughs> and they're both on my wrist. So, you know, the semicolon tattoo, I don't know if you've heard about it. It's the tattoo that people got, like, well, it's when you could end a sentence, but you decided not to. So it's sort of like you could have ended your life, like if you dealt with suicidal thoughts or whatever, but you chose not to. So it's about overcoming depression and suicidal thoughts and all of that. Huh. How did you learn about that? Um, it was online. They were talking about it. I saw a blog post about a girl who got a tattoo of a semicolon, and then it started being, like, my tattoo artist said, oh, I've done, like, five of these semicolon tattoos this week. And I'm like, well, I don't care. That just means more <laughs> of us have beat depression. So... Um, so were you saying the church was actually aware of your issue? Um, they never asked or cared. My parents did. My parents, you know, were pretty trying to help me, like, get counselors or whatever. But, no, I didn't talk about it at the church, and nobody else at church ever talked about it. It was such, like, a shaming issue. Um, nobody ever brought it up, and I don't know... I guess even my parents, you know, trying to get me professional help, they didn't talk about it freely, I guess. I mean, maybe you wouldn't, you know, you don't want to embarrass me or any anything. It's kind of a tricky line. Either way, I just never felt comfortable talking about mental illness at the church, and it's such, like, a prevalent issue. It's so many young people deal with depression and suicidal thoughts and self-harm, and if you have teens in your youth group and you're not talking about it, I think you're doing a real disservice to them. So was there actually was there actually somebody saying those things to you about your buys a temple or was that all you like interpreting it that way? Oh no, but they, I mean a little of both, you know they would, they would talk about your body as a temple, maybe like 
a sly comment like, oh, you know, get some tattoos or piercings or whatever, look nice at church, whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you're brought up with that mindset, it makes you think like if you are not honoring your body, if you're abusing your body, you're sort of breaking a, a rule like in the Bible. So I just didn't, you know, is it a sin? I don't know. Huh. Either way, I just, I couldn't imagine. I feel like a church should be a place where you can go and be comfortable. And I just felt so uncomfortable, especially as a teenager. I just hated church. It was you, awful. You hated church? I mean, I just really, I don't know if it was my particular church that I went to, but I felt like I had nothing in common with any of the kids there. And I felt like none of the adults cared about me and nobody wanted to talk to me and and I mean, I was still religious, of course. I just, and I still believed those things. It just, I just felt so uncomfortable. And maybe it was just some partly being a teenager and partly like dealing with depression. But church was just definitely not a uh, place of escape for me. Hmm. Um, did, did that uh, article like, help you at all? I mean, did it help anybody else? Did you, did it seem like? Yeah. Um, I read the comments and they seem to affirm that about how the people didn't get any help from the church. But it was interesting because after the article got published, I went to my sister's church and they gave a sermon um, about the pastor's wife who said she had like one day she was just in bed for three days and she had to call the suicide helpline and that she got, she talked about exactly what I talked about in my article that she got professional help. And she said, you can't just tell people to be happy and pray for joy because it's not that easy. And I was so proud of that church for bringing it up. And, you know, it was the pastor's own wife and she was married and had a pretty good life, but she still struggled with depression and admitted it. And that was the first time. I'd ever seen that in church. So to me, it was sort of like affirmation, like made, like church, like, I mean, this is going to sound religious because it is, but I was like, <laughs> God was like telling me, look, Jennifer, there are churches that do it. So. I take it you and your sister relate more on religion than you and most other people? Yeah, I would say so. I would still, my sister still tends to be a little more, I mean, this isn't religion, but fiscally conservative than me. Mm-hmm. But I think on religion, we agree a lot about things. She's probably a little more of a literalist than I am. Um, but she's just a really good person. And she um, really is accepting of people and loves people and refreshing to see. The fiscally conservative Christian thing is so... I mean, we already, we already talked about it, but it's so interesting, though. Like, do you think there's any way that you could help, like, Christians, like, come around on that? Like, to show them about the, to, like, remind them about the teachings of Christ and, like, what he was doing in his lifetime for poor people and prostitutes and, like, all these other people in need and, like, how his teachings actually line up with fairly socialistic values? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm trying it by vocalizing it and being myself. Um, and I seem to, but I don't know, like, I see, I would rather reach out. Like, Jesus reached out 
to people who were hurting and people who were disgraced. He didn't necessarily, I mean, he, he didn't necessarily preach to the Pharisees. I mean, no, he did. But that's the way I see, I feel like the conservative Christians as being sort of like the Pharisees and, um, you know, being legalistic and obsessed with the rules and not caring about the actual people. That's how I see them. And, and, and I don't know how they see me. I'm sure they see me as a heretic, as a person who is on her way to hell, but I don't really care. I'm not really here to impress them. So do you take any, Um, sorry, no, go on. I mean, I was just curious. Do you take it? You like, you mentioned Buddha. Do you earlier, do you take any lessons from other religions? Do you find solace in any teachings from other religions? I study. I studied a lot of religions in high school and college. Part of the theology. Um, there, a lot of them are really beautiful, and um, I don't know that. I mean, like Buddhism, you know, it's just like a set of beliefs. But, but uh, Christianity is definitely my religion, and it's not that I dislike other religions. You know. Sociologists will tell you what determines your religion more than anything is where you're born. Hmm. Like who your parents are. Like, I mean, what are the likelihood, what's the likelihood of you becoming a Christian in a country where 95% of people are Muslim? Well, it's going to take like an extraordinary experience, especially if your parents are Muslim, for you to convert. So you just have to think about how all those religions come about and how other people are finding God in their own communities. But do you ever like, incorpor- I think that's relevant. Okay. But, oh, sorry. That's all right. Um, but do you ever like incorporate other religious teachings into your Christianity? Is there like anything that stuck out to you? Um, no, I, I don't know. To me, I don't want to like appropriate anyone's religion or culture. Like I do yoga a lot. And sometimes <laughs> I'll do like, like I'll like I'll do the white girl yoga, like lion's breath, third eye stuff, and then I'll feel bad about it. I'll be like, oh, like I don't even believe this necessarily, or like I don't know if I mean I'm sure I believe it then, but I feel like I'm stealing somebody else's culture when I do it. I mean, you don't have to like necessarily steal anything just to <laughs> think something is interesting or um, that something is true, like. I previously I talked to somebody from the Church of the Latter Day Dude, which incorporate, which uh, is like a sort of Western interpretation of Taoism. Huh. Yeah, and uh, cool. Yeah, and like I don't. I mean, I think there's a. I mean, that's sort of probably a bit of an appropriation, but at least. <laughs> but I don't think you necessarily have to appropriate to incorporate somebody else's teachings into your life. No, that's true. I mean, there's one thing about being like, you know, I really agree with this philosophy um, and being like, well, I'm going to, you know, live out and feel someone else's culture. I mean, I do find comfort in some of the yoga practices that are more new agey. And, um, (laughs) but I I would say I I pretty much stick to uh, Christianity. But if you look at America in general, so many of our cultures are just like a big melting 
Christmas hot. Like, look at Christmas. Like, there's so many, like, cake and traditions in our Christian holidays. And and just, uh, I mean, see, culture is everywhere in the country, so it's kind of hard to avoid. And so much of culture is tied into religion, so... So it is hard to completely get away from it. Hmm. Um, I mean, I don't know how much of this hour we've actually talked considering all the uh, technical issues, but we've been talking for close to an hour. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add about the mommy boards, I guess, <laughs> since that was the primary reason <laughs> the we talked? Boards. Yeah. <laughs> you're young and pregnant and you're listening to this don't go to mommy boards don't comment on them just just read them just read them <laughs> isn't that kind of hard though to like i mean if it seems it like for most people if they're reading comments or a message board they're eventually going to comment <laughs> i can never avoid it yeah it's just I mean, I don't know. I know somebody that comments on Yahoo and I don't want to say who they are, but <laughs> like like they talk about just this desire to like that they feel like they can get through to the insane people on there, basically like the the crazy fucking like right wing. I mean, I've argued, I talked about before, like I've argued on Facebook for like two or three hours with someone who thought Obama was a Muslim and wouldn't admit that it was racist <laughs> or that they, uh, he's the worst Muslim ever. Oh, he I know. Like bacon. <laughs> but like the, the most annoying part to me was like that he wouldn't admit that he thought it was a bad thing that he's a Muslim. He's like, it's not a bad thing he's a Muslim. It's just that he's a Muslim. It's like, well, why are you sending me this weird conspiracy theory video <laughs> about that? It, that starts off with the planes flying into the twin towers. <laughs> I don't. I, our country is just in a really weird position, and I don't know how we can have so much access to information and believe some really like dumb things. It's not even opinions, like. Like, oh, I believe, it, you know, this economic policy is like, I think that the two towers were a up. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, it's it's funny, too, like, when they talk about, like, it's just my opinion. It's like, no, just saying Obama's a Muslim is not your opinion. Like, it's... It's, it's not opinion. <laughs> yeah, you can like you can very clearly prove that he is probably not that he's not probably he just isn't a Muslim. <laughs> uh, or I don't know, like whatever. I don't. I was just stupid. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, thanks for talking to me. I mean, is there anything else no, that you would like? You. I got to talk to you on like seven different formats this time because of all the technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, it's been interesting. I've never had to go over that many different platforms. <laughs> At least we didn't have to switch over to like just talking over DM and then <laughs> recording ourselves re-saying it or anything. Oh my god, I probably would have been like, sorry Rob, you're just going to have to interview somebody else. I don't know if I could have done that. <laughs> Actually, I guess the, what we could have done was we could have just, like, you know how on iMessage you can just record your voice and send it to the person? We could have just done that, I guess. Oh, that's true. That would have taken forever. It would have, but I don't know. I'm kind of curious if somebody would want to do that at some point, because it, it'd be an 
it'd be interesting. It'd almost be like, like how uh, literary journalists like record their stuff, like where they mm-hmm. like record it t- over a period of time, because then like there's so much that can happen when you're doing that, because you can do that right. over like a month or something and only come out with an hour still. Wow. I can listen to your interview with a, who is it? Three fifths compromise. Yeah. <laughs> Cause of the, uh, because of the voice changing technology, it was too much. It was awful. And, it, and he didn't stick with like the same voice. He went like higher and faster and then lower. And I mean, just, that wasn't, was too much. <laughs> that wasn't him. We, he, I talked to him over my micro over um, hangouts. Like I was, I was literally talking to him and then he was answering in text and I had to take his text and put it into uh, some text to voice uh, synthesizer thing. And then I had to make it, because as unlistenable as you thought that might have been, it was even more unlistenable listening to, to like just that robot voice for half an hour. Oh, really? Yeah, because it's just like a monotone voice otherwise of like... Why didn't he just talk in his normal voice? I feel like nobody would have known. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I always offer to people, though, like, if they want to do a voice transformer, I can do that, though nobody's wanted to do that, and he's the only one that's wanted to actually just talk over text. Maybe he'll want to talk to Kinsey Unicorns at some point. I think it's he probably still has a lot more interesting things to say. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, yeah, thanks for talking to me. Is there anything else we didn't cover? Like, I guess, spanking culture or anything that you want to talk about? I can think of. Okay. <laughs> I still have your page open, so I just noticed spanking culture and Anna Karenina and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for looking at the titles of my work. <laughs> Not reading them, just looking at the titles. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, that, that feels like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't expect, I mean, I can't expect people to read all my articles. There's like 25 articles on there, and I'm a very long-winded writer. I said that to Kittens and Unicorns, too. Very long-winded writer. I mean, it would take a long time to read them all, so. Do those, like, Uproxx articles actually represent you in any way you feel like, though? Like, about, it's always sunny. They don't and... represent me in any way, except that, look, I'm a journalist, and I can write about things. <laughs> Like I can write about things that I can write about entertainment culture. Look, what if it was like a listicle about religion? Would anyone read it? They probably like they. The reason people talk so much about celebrities is because people read them. I don't know if anyone reads listicles about religion. I would. I feel like IO9 does them sometimes. Oh man, maybe I should reach out to IO9 too. Yeah, why not? They yeah, they would probably love you actually. They do a lot of religious stuff and like a lot of religious uh like history things. Cool. I, well, I need to catch up more with them then. Yeah. Yeah, you already have an account there to post it, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a faster way to like get kicked off than to just like post to a random article without permission. <laughs> That's actually one guy <laughs> did that. Um, with Gawker, like the day a day or two before they were supposed to be twenty percent nicer, that person wrote that article on the conspiracy theory page about I forget what it was. Do you remember that though? Like the 
the whiny sort yes, of... Yes, I, I didn't read it, but I remember hearing about it, that the doctor editors were like, oh my god, no! Yeah, no, it wasn't It wasn't the editors, though, what's his name, shared it, Brandon, I think, was the editor that day. Um, they sh- he shared it to the main page, but no, it was just written, I saw the guy's Twitter account, he said, like, I'm not a writer on Gawker, I just still had privileges, so I just wrote it and posted it. <laughs> Alright, well... <laughs> Yeah, they're all like, like your age. There's nothing to be afraid of. I guess you're right. <laughs> I need to, uh, I, I almost said man, but that's too sexist. I need to get over it. Yeah. Yeah, just fucking write for them. Just start, keep sending them stuff. Just, I don't know if the cocksucking thing will work anymore, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, never again. All right. Um, yeah, now I know I don't, I don't go through <laughs> with my promises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's actually a good point, I guess. Um, maybe. All right. Um, but yeah, now that we've dragged this on for another like 10 minutes past anything we probably had worth saying, I guess, uh, we should probably end this. Sure. <laughs> I'm starting to lose you anyway. I couldn't understand any of that. All right. <laughs> I'm going to listen back to well, it in the recording. Talk to you and... later. Yeah, I'll talk to you. Thanks for talking to me. Bye. Thank right. you. Oh, no problem. <laughs> oh, and it was really, oh, whatever. All right. Forgot to warn you about my voice and that weird breathe laughing thing I did after like everything I said at the beginning and toward the end. I hope you're able to get through it okay and that it wasn't as offensive as Darren Wilson Day in St. Louis. Um, that's a dumb comparison, but whatever. Anyway, come back on Thursday for Kittens Unicorns chat with Baggy Trousers. It was, uh, recorded a little while ago, but then it kept getting bumped first by AJ and then by Jennifer. So I th- we think she's going to talk to him again for a few minutes about uh, the Black Lives Matter protest of Bernie Sanders because uh, I don't want to speak for her, but I liked his take on everything. And everything else he was talking about is uh, sort of outdated now, so... Yeah. Also, come back on Tuesday for my talk with Shotgun Seamstress, I believe. The Zinster that I forget the real name of. Uh, but that's the end of her zine. I saw her today referred to as legendary. 
And if that's true, I'm even more embarrassed by how poorly I did that interview. She was really interesting, but I just sometimes cannot remember things or questions. Uh, so real quickly, subscribe on iTunes or whatever. Leave us a review on iTunes or on Stitcher or whatever you're using if they take reviews. We would greatly appreciate it. I don't think we have any right now, so... If you're thinking about it, please do it. You can also support us financially if that's a thing you're into doing through PayPal or Patreon. Kinsey Unicorns just spent way too much money on a new microphone and stand. She's going to be like a real radio person. It's really weird. Um... Give us your guest suggestions on the blog, on Twitter, or over email. All the info is on the blog in the contact section. Uh, you can also leave us your short stories, poems, or what have you at our email or whatever. Or by phone, leave us a voicemail at 260-PUNK-POD. Uh, seriously, guest suggestions are always welcome. We love hearing from whoever. Also, reviews are very much welcome. Uh, and short stories and poems. Everything is welcome. Just talk to us. We like to hear from people. I hope I didn't forget anything. I'm sorry.